This is the Open Ended Podcast, where two best friends discuss tech, culture, and a side of sass. Act like I didn't clean up after yourself, and like I ain't oh. sh- like I ain't your maid. Like Act you didn't like- have that chicken out. From the freezer by the time I pulled up? Yes. Yeah, I, All right. I got yeah, it now. I, yeah. That So channel channel that. Okay. Channel, channel your mom. All right. <laughs> Disciplinarian channel, mom. Um, I haven't had to do that in a long time. Channel, channel the feeling I got. I'm sorry. You had when you realized I forged your signature in uh, grade school. Oh, I Okay. Think. Channel that. Channel no, he anger. did that, James. I did yes, that second did. grade because, like, I forgot to ask her to sign something. And then, okay. All right, but but yeah, your levels federal are, offense. It's really eight seven. It's really, <laughs> it's really not. Hi, this is Classy Green. I am the mother of James T. Green, and I am really happy to be here with Cher and James. I had flashbacks to when this kid was eighteen months old. Um, you know, Christmas gifts, birthday gifts. He didn't want your typical um, cars and robots or bats. He wanted a boombox. And when I say a boombox, he just didn't want a little radio. Radio. He wanted a huge radio. And um, I think he even showed a picture on Father's Day of him and his dad with that microphone. And ever since then, that's all he wanted to do. He wanted to write I still have his books. I may have given it to him. But all he wanted to do was write and do music and electronics. And when he brought me on for that third episode and to have him, you know, tell me what to do and the mic. And I really just had a flashback because we knew when, when he was a younger kid that he already knew what he wanted to do. Um, we knew this is what he wanted to do. And at one point he kind of wanted to play baseball a little bit, but that didn't go <laughs> over. Sports and, are, no, sports and are I mean, they I, are. I kind of realized when they threw me in the right field and they only put me in at the seventh inning, probably <laughs> oh, the baseball. Right. Was you were that. the pity player. <laughs> <laughs> I literally right. was. I think yeah. there was one point where the coach was like, oh, oh yeah, we got to put you in there. Uh, right. Yeah. Because we paid. So yeah, yeah they were going to put you like, in. They were like, we've got to put this kid in somehow. <laughs> yeah. Right. But we knew. We knew from the start that this is what he wanted to do. And he, I mean, he just lived on with, with it and kept going. And here we are today. And I mean, just to see this is, it is, it's, you don't even know, you know. And as a mother, when you look back and you see each kid, you kind of know from when they're little of what they're going to do. Um, a little, some things change because, you know, they want to go their own path but in the end you see where they're going no i i did some things wrong um yes yeah you did i know i know and (laughs) because nobody gives you a manual on how to be a mom and i thank god that he has accepted my um apology for not being the best mom or the things i did wrong as a mom but to see all this is beautiful oh wow (laughs) it's beautiful it's we're really really blessed and we and you know we have good support systems and i think that's the biggest thing as far as like take, undertaking what we're doing here on the mic but also like in the large scam large spectrum is that we have people not just family but friends too who are like supportive yeah and actually want to like see us do it so i know if i mean i'm happy that i'm part of this and like help to like make your 
your little 18 year 18 month old dreams come true. Like right. He found his tribe. Yes. <laughs> yes. He yes. found his tribe. Yeah. And I, For that, sure. that makes me happy just yeah. to see each one of my kids. Um, oh, why do I have to uh, cry? No. Oh, it's so sweet. No, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. All right. Um, I can still talk though. Oh my yeah. gosh, yes. <laughs> oh, I love this episode so much. It's my favorite. You don't like crying. This I'm, is okay. So... I'm okay. I'm okay. It's a, it's a happy cry. What was the hardest part of raising me? Oh my God, I can't wait to hear this answer. <laughs> yeah, what was the hardest part of raising me? That's a me? lot. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm a piece of work. I know I'm a piece of work. And a lot of reasons. Bless you. I know. Bless you. Um stubborn oh my god <laughs> very stubborn this was a kid Pretty that i would have to threaten stubborn. with death to take a nap because <laughs> the boy did not want to sleep he still like that yeah he did not want to sleep so i would have I to just s- work to do i'll reroute all my computers yeah so i would have to <laughs> threaten so i had to threaten him and say okay you don't have to take a nap but you have to go in the room and just be quiet or close the door so I would go in there, and he's playing with the radio and writing a book. But it didn't matter because he was quiet. Um, as a teenager, well, junior high, I had no problem. High school, he became, I think he started kind of feeling himself, or as the old people say, smelling himself. Just a little, just a li- I haven't heard that term just in a while. Just a little bit. He's smelling himself. Okay, um, I see you over there. But, I mean, James wasn't a, a real problem kid he was he just wanted to do things and he wanted um you know what james was very fashionable and james liked his hair done a certain way clothes a certain way so he wanted yes i mean i've seen so I, I love you classy but i've seen some whew, i've seen I, some I, I made questionable choices yeah that. yeah but There's I mean, a don't we all? I'm thinking of specifically that deals with a belt, and it's. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the LED belt? Yes. yes. It was so peak 2006. I could not breathe. It was so funny. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're and, not talk yeah, and he was so very good. fashion sense. So that was really hard taking him shopping. So <laughs> yeah. Had, and yeah, so that was that. But once he, he had, got, yeah, he had um, he had, he knew himself. He had you know, he was he had self identity. He knew what he wanted. Yes, he was very particular. Yes, he was. He's so, that guy. but I mean, he really wasn't a a bad kid. I mean, we bumped heads, but I just think that's a part of um growing up. You yeah, know, you get to a certain things. right. You get to a certain age where you think you know everything um as a kid, and your parents don't know. But I wouldn't say there was a lot of trouble. Are there any things that you think I picked up from you? Um, yes. What? Um, organization type A, because um, I am so type A and didn't realize it. Um, sorry. I honestly think it's like my most like gleaming like as a kid. Um, I don't know what it was, but it was just like it was a method. To kind of feel like I could bring control in my life. Mm. And it was just like something as simple as knowing that like I could color code certain things in certain ways is like some sort of like control. Or I remember like I used to color code um, my closet um, and then I kept like paper bound spreadsheets of like what I wore on certain days and to like figure out what I can match. And I think I kind of got that from, like, I remember I used to, I, I, I thought, like, the coolest thing that you had, Mom, was, like, um, I don't know if you still have this, <laughs> but it's, like, the black uh, 
container that carries all the paperwork I do. of everyone and it's like organized by year and then month and i thought that was the coolest thing yeah. and i was like oh like that's so smart and it's like this idea of being able to like place your external brain into a trusted system and yeah i still think about that and like i just use it in digital means now and i mean even i do digital sometimes i still have to write things down sometimes mm-hmm. just i think that writing down into the brain thing which mm-hmm. um I was a little artistic, but not as much as he was. So I know my my dad, my husband, and I think, okay, where did this kid get this artistic <laughs> yeah. brain? But my mom, Granny, drew a lot. Really? Yeah, my mother drew a lot. So I didn't know that. Yeah. She, oh my God, we learning things on this podcast. Oh my God. But I want to just go back to yeah. your closet system and how organized he was. Sure. And then his brother, God bless his soul, <laughs> he probably drove you crazy with because oh. my Devonte oh, is oh, yeah. not organized, so I can't imagine your organization in his side. Oh gosh, yeah, I remember like he drives was, me crazy. Yeah, there was a point because like you know for for people obviously not knowing how I grew up, so <laughs> so I um, I always shared a room with my brother um, for as long as he was born. Yeah. Um, so you could see in our room like a clear divide between like our sides of the room it would almost like you could legit see a line <laughs> yes um and, and the mason dixon line uh, <laughs> and it's beautiful like i've learned to like live like it's i kind of like feel like i have a leg up because i've had a roommate for roughly like 23 years <laughs> right so but when he said that organization <laughs> and sometimes i would have to go in their room and you'll remember i would call it the tasmanian devil because when I would go in there, I would feel like I was spinning circles like Taz and throwing stuff out. And I was about to curse. I'm sorry. You can curse. I was throwing stuff like, what the hell is this? And blah, blah, blah. Because <laughs> I told, I would warn them. I'm like, I'm about to do a Taz. You guys better go in there and fix whatever you mm-hmm. need because I'm about to Taz that room. You know what? I think you're giving yourself too much credit. So my <laughs> mom was really passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> and what she would do was she would leave post-it notes. <laughs> so, so what would, so what would happen is I would wake up to brush my teeth, <laughs> and I'd see a little post-it note on the counter next to the toothbrush saying, "Hey, at this time I'm about to do this." Oh my god! She I didn't say it directly. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, so it's almost like a point of like PTSD when I see like oh a pad of post-it no. notes. And it's, like, really weird because, like, in the studio right now is a pad of post-it notes that is left here by my mom. So I'm expecting, like, I'm going to go back to my desk and I see something back there. Like, hey. I'm watching you. But, you know, car insurance is due. It's like, okay, okay, mom. Thanks. That's so funny. Oh, man. Yeah. And now I think about that. My mom used to leave us notes, but she didn't have post-it notes. She had, you know, literal loosely. Yeah, we were latchkey kids. And it's funny now that, like, man, this is like group therapy that's occurring on the mic. So now I'm realizing that I do the exact same thing now. Just instead of post-it notes, I do it with calendar events. Oh. With shared calendars and mm-hmm. um, friend uh, friend of the show and peach emoji Sine, <laughs> and what I'll do is I won't like tell her something. She'll just get a calendar alert that it's here. <laughs> that's like grocery shopping X here this time, and yeah. like she'll get an alert. And it's just like my version of a post-it note. Yeah. So it's weird. Yeah. yeah. And it Thanks, wasn't Mom. to be pass aggressive. It's <laughs> when you have three children and children who have three different schedules. 
and working and I was going to school. And three different personality types. Right. It, it was hard and I had to remember some things. So that was my way of, and I didn't, I don't think we had a cell phone or I wasn't like texting and all that. So there were times that was my way of remembering to tell them something. And that's how my mom did it. Yeah. And I just remembered, you know, that, that kind of helped like, okay, before I, for, before I forget, let me write this down. If they weren't in a sport, they were in band. Um, I was going to school. It was just a lot. And my husband worked on the afternoon shift. Right. So it was like being a single mom until the weekend. So I had to get everybody to their events, cook. Um, and then I had to try and make it fun. Even though I had a wedding ring on, some people didn't know I had a husband a lot of and especially at church um before your dad started uh, coming to church there were a few ladies in the church that thought I was single and you know you're a single mom with three kids yeah they start um, to judge yeah and some of them you know yeah but Ooh, I did yeah. I didn't know that happened oh yeah, oh, yeah. I they mean did. They thought I was conscious. Yeah. Well, I was, also, I was a kid, so I had no yeah, idea. Right. I was playing Pokemon. Yeah, for right. Sure, that was your sure. your concern was Pokemon. But yeah, I did have um, some people look at me as if um, possibly one of their husband or whatever. And their dad was great. I mean, on the weekends, he tried to do everything he could. I mean, he worked that schedule, basically. Um, so there was really no point in time where the kids were home alone more than an hour so when he left for work I think it was maybe an hour in between me coming home so that was our our goal is not to have them alone is there anything that you kind of regret like like looking back and being like oh man I do I I do um my generation as um when I grew up we were yelled at and spanked Mm. um and that's all I knew as far as discipline um and I do regret doing that same thing with my kids um I'm gonna get emotional you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to no you know what because it's it's valid okay it's very valid um it's a different generation and I think I kind of um hurt them my kids with that and your dad had to come at me and say hey just because that's how you were raised we can't raise the kids like that and you just don't know you just think that's the way it's done my mother did it and and I um and they still say that um I hear older people say I was beat and I'm fine but I look and I say are you really fine because I know sometimes I can Remember some emotional um, pain from that. But you don't see it at the time. But when you, in retrospect, maybe if I was talked to a little bit, maybe if I was taught a different way or addressed a different way. Um, so I do regret that. But I thought that was the way it was supposed to be done. You know, spanking. Why not? Um, I tried to change it down the line. And um, that's probably one of my biggest regrets. I've gone to bed many a time after disciplining them, praying and saying, God, please forgive me. And I hope my kids forgive me. And I've asked them for forgiveness before. 
Um, and I think we're at a better place. Um, they've taught me so much as a parent. And I think um, as adults, we forget that. We think we don't learn from our kids that, you know, I'm the, I'm the adult. I'm the grown-up. I'm the parent. You're supposed to listen to me. But I've learned so much from each one of them. Um, and I'm proud to be their mother. I'm proud of the kids that they've, the adults that they've come out to be, to grow, grow up to be. So that is one of my regrets is discipline. So I just hope as black parents we learn that it's okay to talk to your kids, put them in timeout. That's okay. Timeout is okay because sometimes they do need to think about what they've done. Um, spanking doesn't really do anything. If anything, it makes them angrier. Um, it is. So that is my regret is discipline. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't realize like how much like it had an effect on me till like I started going to therapy in like three like for, yeah. for about like two and a half years. Yeah. And then like it kind of recently came up and I didn't realize that like it really screwed with me mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as like thinking about um like binary right and wrongs. Um and it it, it was kind of like this like weird yeah, it was kind of like this weird feeling of like, oh, the, like like I, I didn't realize I had so many so much deep seated guilt yeah. in my life that extended on until like <laughs> months ago, oh. um, and yeah, and it's yeah, it, I, yeah, I, I just know. don't know what to. Yeah. I'm sorry. I appreciate it. I do. I am. And again, that's one of those things that when people come together to have a child, you don't think about those things. You just think about, I'm going to have a baby. Hey, I was disciplined this way. And as you talk about that, um, I went through therapy and and also Mm -hmm. that came up. And you don't realize it. You know, until they start digging deeper and deeper and mm-hmm. you begin to see that that plays a major part in your life. Um, a lot of aspects of your life that you don't even know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad you went to therapy. Um, yeah. And I've gone to therapy before, but never talked about that. But mm-hmm. Well, I didn't expect to talk about it, it but, but, but it's kind of like, yeah. like when you start going in to think about, like to talk about things such as like, Oh, why am I um super like like I, let's use organization for an example. Like I've talked about many times on here that I have a, a, like a generalized anxiety disorder and like a lot of it comes from not having control. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you start going into control and then realizing that like you look for control for comfort, but then when you lose control and then like realizing why does losing control flare up like the depression and anxiety and then you kind of like go deeper and deeper back and you're like, oh, yeah, because mama. Yeah. So. Yep. 
it's it's hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But as a parent, you think, hey, I'm I'm supposed to be in control. I'm supposed to do this, this, and that. And I've um. Yeah, you do. You just yeah. think I'm I'm supposed to take care of this kid, and I'm supposed to do this, this, and that. And um, later on probably down the line, I started realizing that I heard a quote from um, Will Smith and Jada, and they were saying they raise their kids and tell them, hey, this is your life. I'm just your personal assistant here helping to guide you um, through this journey. Um, I'm not going to let you go too far to the left or too far to the right, but this is your life. And I'm like, I wish I would have heard that so many years ago. Um, but I remember, you know, James has helped me do better with Devante and Devante has helped me better with Jada, mm. um, each one. Granted, it took some time, you know, they were probably in high school and college before it hit me. Um, oh yeah. I remember like the moment it clicked. Yeah. And I was like, I think probably junior year college when I started realizing like, oh yeah, they're like starting to. <laughs> realize yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and and so weird to say that because that's not that long ago no it's not um, and yeah. you don't you just so again i apologize um I, ho- I hope i'm doing better um you are yeah you are yeah you all both are yeah. you and dad yeah it took a lot i mean we've had a lot in our family within this last three years mm. so I think that and just seeing what great kids you guys it is you guys have helped out a whole lot Hey, Cher. Hey. Do you know what time it is? It's open call time. It's open call time. Brum, 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 brum. Open call. <laughs> it is open call time. So if you're unfamiliar with open call, open call is every once in a while, we'll give a brief shout out to whatever it is that we're feeling. It can be a physical item. It can be a conceptual idea. And it could be, it's, honestly, it's like whatever we want. So we're going to start off with our guest, obviously, who happens to be my mom. So, what is it that you're feeling this week? Mm, what am I feeling? Michelle Obama's speech oh, at the DNC. So good. Mother of the moment speech oh, of uh, the movement speech at the DNC. She's so good. Yeah, it was so much. Po- it was positive. That was a thing that, like, you know, the RNC laughed into. It was just like RNC was so negative, so negative, and. You know, I mean, yeah, I know they don't like where the country's at, but like there was no like optimism at all. It was doom and gloom. It was just complete pessimism and cynicism and it was awful. And it's like, I can't, I can't dignify this with like my time. No. (laughs) And to see the audience and to see what America represents. Yeah. You know, there was every race, culture, you know. In the audience compared to the RNC, so oh gosh, yeah, it, it was, was a like total that, whitewash. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, so, so like I saw like two brown people, right? Two, yeah, and like any given point, like okay, right. <laughs> so that that's what I'm I'm feeling. Um, always feeling two chains, though. <laughs> always, 
Yes. Always feeling two chains. This is why I love classy because she she'll like drop some of Michelle she, Obama stuff and something really heartfelt and then throw it to two chains. Right, your MF right. Yes, I knew I knew I knew when I like when I first met you and you danced really hard to move, bitch, during um, <laughs> James's wedding. I was like, I'm gonna like this mama. She's okay. Okay, She's what the best. Um, what two what, what two chain song is like popping for you right now? I really like my old two chains. Um, yes, my, I, that's my favorite too. It's like that. Um, Good night is my favorite song. By Mine's him. is the Feds. Oh, the Feds, feds watching. watching. That's yes. my favorite. <laughs> With feds, feds watching is pretty good. Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah. Oh, I love two chains. Yeah. So oh, whenever I'm in that kind of mode, like oh, yeah. after Philando and I was straight Pandora, two chains. Station. All right, what about you, Cher? Um, gonna kind of stay on the music beat. Um, in about mm, four hours, I get to see my favorite band play. Um, Radiohead. They're Ooh. yeah, I know they're like, I don't know. I can go on forever about them, but I, I won't. But I'm just really <laughs> excited about it. it was, I got a, the skin of my teeth. Got a ticket. The first time in like I don't know five or six years, I had to like actually search for a ticket for Lollapalooza. Like. I don't know how this is happening, but I did it. The, the stars aligned for me, and I'm going to be able to see them. So, I'm like, after this, I'm going to, like, run downtown and try to catch them. So, Yay. yeah, that's what I'm feeling this week. It's just getting to, like, just the idea of seeing music and how powerful the experience is. I went to saw uh, a show last night, Foles, and, you know, while kids are, like, rambunctious and doing it, there's something about a live show and a live experience that you can't recreate. You can't, you can't get it from the audio. You can't. You know, watching on a video, being there in the flesh and seeing people actually live their dreams and being musicians and performers. It's visceral. So, yeah, that's what I'm feeling this week. What about you, James? What are you feeling this week? Okay, so I'm feeling two things, and I feel like that they're both very related to each other. (laughs) So, you know, I'm just going to say it all up together. So I am feeling my just supportive group of friends and family thinking about this as I'm turning 27 and how open-ended has kind of become this weird audio diary of, yeah, it really <laughs> of, has. of like our lives and everything. And then to pair that, um, I'm feeling <laughs> keep with the music beat, <laughs> the new DJ Khaled album that came out today called major key. Oh, I so, heard about him talking about the on good morning America yesterday. Yeah. And the reason why these two play into one another. So I'll give you a little story. So this morning I was um, informed that someone stole my design of the CSS Black Lives I Matter. I saw that. I was like, oh no. Uh, CSS Black Who Lives Matter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The CSS Black Lives Matter fundraiser uh, shirt that I've been doing for roughly, um, for as long as um, black people have been publicly dying, um, <clears throat> um, <laughs> about three, you know, three years, but of course more than that, obviously, but since the Black Lives Matter movement started, I've been doing a run of shirts and hoodies um, that 100% of the profits have been going towards different Black Lives Matter chapters or surrounding organizations. And somebody, shout out to you, at Mix on Twitter, M-I-X, um, mentioned me and told me, hey, somebody is like t- took your design and did a piss poor job at it with terrible typography. And... Um, yeah, it's like it selling looked, it, it yeah, yeah, awful. Yeah. Yeah. And selling it for, for profit. And thanks to like 
my loving family and friends and everything of that nature, like Teespring came with the quickness and like shut that campaign down, like their legal team. Um, and it was great. It was so awesome to see like people that I absolutely care about and awesome friends that I've made online and through like communities of all types of intersections, um, whether it's activism communities or whether it's design communities, art communities, radio communities, all these strange intersections that I've stumbled myself into within like a seven year period all come together to be like, no, this is wrong. Like we care about you was super just heartwarming. And reason why major key comes into play is this because I <laughs> had turned on that album right before I got that uh, mention on Twitter. So within the course of this entire arc happening, I listened through the entire album of major key. So it was like dope to have all these like, Trap 808s like <laughs> like fueling soundtracking my... this this feud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like getting me in the right mode to like delightfully throw shade at whoever this person was yes. um, and create a beautiful photoshopped image to let people know not to steal my stuff. Um and <laughs> it it was wonderful. So like thank you, DJ Khaled, and thank you, um, Metro Boomin and 808 Mafia and, and, and Future Metro's and Bryson Tiller and Kendrick Lamar and oh, all those Kendrick. people and my friends and family um, for, you know, just like really like stepping up for the culture. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is a very sentimental episode. I'm, I'm about it. This is such a heartwarming episode. I love I it. I don't know how I feel <laughs> about this. Um, yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. That's it. Let's have some dead air, please. Okay. Open-Ended is Cher Vincent and James T. Green. Open-Ended is also a member of Post Loudness, a collective of independent audio shows hosted by people of color, women, and queer-identified hosts. If you like this show, you might enjoy Black Girl and Own, a conversation on all things wellness, self-care, and self-love, hosted by a Black girl. In... By a black girl. Can we redo that? No, I'm saying <laughs> Go back. No. Oh my god. I thought <laughs> it was so good. Hope to buy a black girl. You sound so sincerely. If you like this show, you might enjoy Black Girl in Ohm, a conversation on all things wellness, self care, and self love, hosted by Black Girl. In Ohm founder and creative director Lauren Ash and art director Zakia Najiba. Shout out to Chicago Podcast Coop for letting us be a part of their network. Chicago Podcast Co-op, I'm sorry. Shout out to Chicago Podcast Co-op for letting us be a part of their network. Our CPC shout out this week is MBSing. Host Mary Beth Smith cuts the BS out of conversation by discussing a topic her guest unbashedly loves, thus discovering why people love what we do and how that passion affects us. And fun fact, I'm on the latest episode of MBSing where I talked about a lot of very deep things, including social justice and activism. And it was a great time. And I was on a episode a couple weeks back talking about you guessed it, Radiohead. Thanks to Cards Against Humanity for letting us use their space. 
Production, editing, mixing, and music provided by James T. Green. Production assistance by Tats Kellier. And editorial oversight by Cher Vincent. Rate us on iTunes, recommend on Overcast, and find us on Stitcher. And if you can find any change in your pocketbook, in your wallet, or under the couch seats, you should donate to Open Ended at openended.fm slash donate or become a member starting at one dollar a month at patreon.com slash open ended. And last but not least, if you want to hear more conversations like this, you should tell people that this is in fact a fantastic show. Of course, remember again and again to subscribe to us on iTunes or Overcast or whatever you find podcast, or you can listen to entire episodes at openended.fm. As we say at the end of every week. And it was like, okay, he needs to be a kid. So yeah. gets away from the adults. What was yeah. I talking about? Like institutionalized racism? Like, <laughs> no, not that. The far. man's bringing it down. <laughs> Keep things open ended. Love you, mom. Love you. Love you, Cher. Love you, Classy. Next week on the podcast, Open Ended, art imitating life and how blurry those lines, in fact, get. What are the things that are in common between 24, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and a slew of other things in the news today? There's only one way to find out. So, see you next week. This week's episode of Open Ended is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. And this time, they actually want us to read an ad, so here we go. Cards Against Humanity is bringing back Concert Against Humanity at Gen Con on August 5th. The show will feature live performances from Eugene Merman, Aparna Nichirla, Jonathan Colton, Molly Lewis, Paul and Storm, and more surprise guests from the Chicago comedy scene. The show is open to all, so grab tickets at concertagainsthumanity.com. Post loudness. Audio.